often than not, I would say women who are overwhelmed, carrying this role of, of being the mother and doing all these things, there's been a lot of self-abandonment to please and do things for your child, for the concept of the greater good or whatever else. Hi everyone, I'm Carmelita Tu, and welcome to Know Them, Be Them, Raise Them, a show to help busy, mindful, growth-oriented moms stay informed and inspired as they navigate their daughter's tween and teen years, with most episodes running 20 minutes or less. My guest this week is Liz Pisarin, a licensed therapist, life coach, and speaker who helps people around the world let go of what they should do and embrace what they feel connected to, ultimately thriving in their purpose. She helps folks walk away from their unfulfilling jobs and lifestyles and cultivate the life they've always desired. Liz utilizes her unique skill set to guide women to tap into their deep soul so they can shatter the box of limited beliefs and embrace their inner magic. So, if I were to ask a room full of moms if they've ever felt overwhelmed, I'm guessing maybe 99% would be raising their hands. Hello, newborns. But also because we've been through times that are stressful. The to-do lists pile up, healthy habits are put on the back burner, and exhaustion and burnout start to creep in. It could be the holidays, the end of the school year, dealing with unexpected negative events like an illness or a job loss, or it might be that poison cocktail of work demands plus conflict plus feeling like you're letting someone down. I asked Liz to shed some light on that feeling of being overwhelmed, where it comes from, and what we can do about it. Here's that conversation. Welcome, Liz. I'm so excited to chat with you. Just thrilled to have you available to share your insights, wisdom, and expertise with, with our listeners. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So that sense of overwhelm that moms often feel, what causes overwhelm and how do we kind of identify the root of the problem? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big one. It's I think the biggest topic. Most of us feel overwhelmed at some point or another. And I would even be strong enough to say, I think we are chronically overwhelmed that mm. we don't really know how to experience um, balance or ease. And, uh, I think that's part of our culture, you know, being in the mm. West culture is just very fast paced and expecting a lot of you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's normalized. probably. It's normalized. Right? It, yes, absolutely. And something that I've felt in my own story and journey was immense overwhelm and wondering how did I get there? Why was it so severe? And who was I doing it for? because all these things were taking up time in my day. So the mm. moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep, I was running around like a chicken with their head cut off mm. and never feeling like I could really like get my head above water. never felt like I got ahead, never felt like I got enough done. There was always a really long to-do list at the end of the day. And they got to a point where personally I hit, <laughs> I hit a wall, I crashed, hit rock bottom. Yeah. And I suddenly saw myself in a different light of, you know, Liz, you've kind of lost your soul and your spirit and your spark, and you've lost your sense of you. And mm. I would gather to say a lot of the women I work with are similar. They've lost the sense of them 
And especially when you go walking into motherhood and parenthood, your own compass kind of shifts, you know, the kid turns into the center and you're now defined as the parent and not this, you know, rock climber or, you know, professional scuba diver or whatever cool things you've done in your past. Like they kind Mm -hmm. of get put on the back burner and then, yeah. And then it's like, you no longer have these like cool stories. They're just stories that you'll tell maybe once or twice here and there, but now you're just this person's mom or this person's dad or parent. And so I think the overwhelm really comes from allowing ourselves to be defined by that topic of parent being defined by that title Mm, mm. and all that comes with it based on society. So all the external expectations and when we start carrying them, the more they're never going to end, like the, the more they pile on, the heavier they get we don't really know what our North star is, what our inner compass is. And we are just running ragged and feeling really overwhelmed. So I think that's really what happens and where it comes from. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That shift, I can completely relate. So how do we, how would you advise moms, um, especially moms of girls? Well, you know, I think moms generally, but something I'm keenly aware of as a mom of daughters Mm -hmm. is like, I am their first and best role model and mm. well, hopefully best, but definitely the, <laughs> the, the most um, present in their lives. So right. the way I show up, the way I respond to things really matters. And I don't say this to like add stress and anxiety to, to myself, but it, it's more as an encouragement to, um, to be intentional and to think like, if something's not serving me, but I'm dealing with it or, and my kids see that I'm normalizing that for them. Right. I'm telling them that this is what motherhood should look like. I'm wondering how do you advise moms to, to manage overwhelm so that they can show up for themselves in a good way and also model that for their kids. Yeah. Well, that's such a beautiful question. And it's like the big question, like, how do I actually Mm. overcome this when nobody externally wants me to overcome it? Everyone wants me to keep doing it. Um, And it really comes down for me as a therapist and as someone who's worked with women for decades now, self-trust, really understanding what self-trust looks like. Because more often than not, I would say women who are overwhelmed, carrying this role of of being the mother and doing all these things, there's been a lot of self-abandonment to please and do things for your child Mm. and to do things for the concept of the greater good or whatever else. And how I define self-trust and self-abandonment, to simplify it, self-trust is really knowing innately what is the best for you to show up Mm. to be the best for others. So what is best for you so that you can function well, be healthy, know when to say yes, know when to say no, know when to set those boundaries, know when to speak up, like you know what's best for you. And then self-abandonment is when you know what's best for you, but based on someone else's opinion or something externally or situationally, you choose not to listen to it. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that would be, actually, I just had a conversation with a client. She went to a baby shower. She wanted to leave, but she felt guilty and Mm -hmm. all these other things. And so she felt this pressure, even though she was exhausted and having a backache and like all these things were going on. In that moment, it was this minor self-abandonment. 
and she chose to stay instead of leaving. Mm -hmm. And little things like that, that's how the overwhelm piles is because Mm -hmm. you're already not feeling great and you're not aligned with the situation or circumstance, but then you choose to stay within it because you think it's for the right reasons Mm -hmm. or the pressure, whatever. So these always happen on what I like to call like micro doses, like Mm. the simplest thing of staying at a baby shower or leaving early, right? Like that's not that big of a deal, but -hmm. yet if we do this on repeat over and over and over again, all that makes us do is feel more exhausted, more tired, more overwhelmed. And then we really lose our sense of how do I get out of this? So first things first, when you're feeling overwhelmed, coming back to how do I trust myself? And if you're feeling really lost in that, start with, and I'm going to use a bad word here, but um, (laughs) start with the concept of hell yes and hell no. Mm. I use this with tons of clients. And these are things that you know for a fact to just start the practice of self-trust that you know for a fact are true and are hell yeses. Like I married, like my husband's name, Jim. I married Jim. That's a hell yes. I married the guy. He's fabulous. I love him. Like it's passion filled. It's great. That's the guy I married. I didn't marry Bob. <laughs> like that's how <laughs> no. I didn't, I didn't marry Bob. That's a different person. Um, and then, and then start expanding on bigger things. Like that's a very factual thing. It feels right in my body. Um, I love chocolate. That's a total hell. Yes. Like I love to travel. That's a hell. Yes. So sit with yourself for a second and ask yourself, what are these amazing yeses in your life that you know are to be true? Those are your inner compass. Those are true to you. Those are great. And then what other things can you expand on that are hell yeses? And that's kind of building that self-trust is I know what feels right in my body. I know what a hell yes. Like you've been on those girls trips or those times with your friends that have been so exciting. Like you are so excited. You're like, yes, let's go to Vegas or yes, let's go to the mountains. And you're thrilled to go do this thing. Mm -hmm. You know what that Mm -hmm. feels like. So when you're able to recognize those feelings, Ah, yes, you're able to recognize in those situations that may feel overwhelming. Is this really good for for me? Is this this really a hell yes? Like this baby shower, I'm jazzed. I'm excited. I'm so happy to be here. I'm like playing all the games. I'm doing all the things. I'm loving my life. Then yeah, stay, (laughs) you know, it's not like what, how can you trust yourself a little bit more to make that best decision and Mm. leave and leave with, here's the big part leave with confidence. Ah, yes. Not Not the apology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just saying, you know, Sally, this is beautiful. I've enjoyed my time. Hugs and kisses. Um, Congratulations. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just like giving yourself permission to not apologize for it and and really um, build that self-trust. So number one, self-trust, improve on that. To practice hell yeses and hell no's and mm. recognizing what I'd say like the other thing to really start is looking at your calendar and on your calendar, it's going to look overwhelming. My calendar is terrifying. <laughs> Every time I look, <laughs> when I look at it objectively, I'm like, who in the heck is this woman and how does she do her job? Oh I have gosh. absolutely no idea. Yeah. And so we sat down, my family and I all sat down and this is something you can do as a family. I recommend doing it individually first and then doing it with a partner and then doing it with your family, but like put you first 
And the uh, first thing to do on that calendar is put the most favorite thing you love, the thing that you absolutely love. For me, I'm a nature girl. I love gardening. I've got a little hippie soul. I need to be out in the woods. Like that's something mm-hmm. that really sparks me. So mm. on my calendar, the first thing I put for the next month, come January, is I set days and times for me to go out in the woods, to go to this really beautiful garden park that I just love. And those are the first things that are set out for me. Mm. These are a little bit bigger, but you guys can do things for like, what's just the way you like to make your coffee in the morning? Like put that mm-hmm. on the calendar. Cause you're so excited for that Nespresso latte, like whatever it is, it doesn't have to be big, but it's mm-hmm. yours and putting you first. Mm-hmm. Right. I love we, that. When we're whole, we can give more, but when we're caffeine deprived and we had crappy coffee, we are not feeling the vibe. Like we are not starting right. the day out <laughs> strong. Right. We are, we're struggling. So really looking at your calendar, where can you add you first? And then what can you strip down? Uh, Ah, yes. What can you take away? Yeah. Because we are all doing too much. So Mm. where can you take some things away? Where can you add intentional empty space? That's a big one in families. That is a good one intentional space. So you put your time first. And then the next thing on the calendar is planned nothingness. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, I I have to jump in here really quickly. I, I use Google calendars and I remember someone, (laughs) yeah, it's so great. It's just easy. Um, but I started to color code things a few years back because I wanted to see like how much of this was me and how much of this was family or this kid or work or, um, you know, I do volunteering and philanthropy. And so how much of it was that? And it was kind of a little bit of a study, but it was definitely revelatory when I'm like, I'm, I'm the green and I have like a workout twice a week. And then I was not seeing green for long periods of time. It was just a lot of other, 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 other. So your point about being conscientious about putting yourself first, it just, it hit me hard because I've been there and I'm still working on it. It takes, you know, it's a practice for sure. And I love that intentional empty space. I, I almost, I think this goes back to that normalized um, overwhelm, but Mm -hmm. the, I almost see gaps in my calendar as a, like, well, what should I be doing? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right. There is a, there's a gap. I need to fill it. So calling out that, we sh- we um empty space is is positive and to be embraced and not to kind of run away from it and in fact see it as like whew that's a good thing mm-hmm. um yeah i'm glad you put that on my radar it's it's yeah. it's a it's a thought perspective shift for me for sure oh absolutely it was so challenging for me to do that um i have a go 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 kind of mm-hmm. attitude mm-hmm. and my family's like that, where we're just always running around doing something. And so for me to take a step back and to slow down and to truly just allow there to be emptiness, um, it almost was anxiety provoking at first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's uncomfortable because I started yeah. to judge myself, yes. even though my, my inner self was saying, no, this is exactly what you need. You need to just Mm. relax. This is that trusting your body needs to rest because I believe that we can live hard, but we have to rest hard as well Mm -hmm. so that we can have space to live hard. 
you, you can't yes. do you can't do both like you'll just burn yourself into the ground if you live too hard with no resting yeah um that's so, so good. yes yeah so rest hard rest well mm. what you know for us like it's specific days like I it's usually Sundays and it's nothing we never do anything like it's mm. purely relaxation going for walks like eating whatever food we want. There's just, there's no menu plan. There's no, you know, organization. There's no chores. This is another thing. People think that if there's emptiness, there has to be like fixing things like, oh, well, I have the time. Finally, I need to fix that closet. I need to do that thing. Yes. That's still pressure. That's still Mm -hmm. expectation. Mm. And so if you can allow yourself to let it all go just for that day, you'll get that done so quickly when you have that true energy like you've given yourself the rest to nourish um so yeah yeah, I, i challenge everyone to try that I love that. You know, it's it just struck a chord on I I I read something recently about kind of experimenting like if you have these thoughts and you assume they're true but you know that you actually don't have any evidence to to make it so or to to prove that then then challenge that way of thinking um, by experimenting and like take a day and um and see how it feels or um so i i yeah something about what you said just made me think like if you're uncomfortable with this change and you you're not sure like am i happy resting or what does happiness at rest look like for me and Mm -hmm. because it's it's hard to unwind it can be so hard to think this this quiet time is just another should you know what mm-hmm. i mean like mm-hmm. i i think for me certainly at the beginning of my mindfulness journey and i'm still like, like ups and downs and always a practice but gaps in my calendar felt like a problem and empty space meant time to do the things that were just further down the to-do list mm-hmm. and that was how i defined happiness for myself or accomplishment on the surface but when i really took the time to kind of like you said, listen and sit and experiment a little bit and play with, you know, if I take an hour to just read or, you know, sit outside and, you know, listen to this podcast if I'm wanting to listen to and not multitask while I'm doing it, you know, how does that make me feel? Do I really feel like I cheated other people out of something or do I really feel like I'm a bad person? Um, Testing that, testing how you feel and sitting with those emotions before and after you've leaned into leaned outside of your comfort zone um so i I love that you're challenging people to do that to just try and and see what happens yeah and experiment everything is meant to to be tested and to be questioned and what works for you and your family is the best for you and your family so it doesn't have to make sense to me or anyone else and when i really soaked that in when i really was able to absorb that what works for me and my husband and our family it doesn't have to make sense to our extended family and it doesn't have to make sense to our friends like if it works for us they'll see a better version of us and that will be beautiful Mm. so we'll Mm -hmm. be able to have that space for our children and be able to really show them that you know mom and dad or parents are emotionally well rested and nourished and feeling really good and having their own interests and they have their own defined self that then when they are Mm -hmm. present with the child like one the child actually sees like oh it's okay to be your own defined person and two Uh like mom and dad have more patience. <laughs> they're more, yeah. they're more open to me now. Um, when you have that empty space, you can explore what mm. may be something just for you. And 
ultimately how this can help with your overwhelm is it can just decrease it. And, you know, the overwhelm doesn't necessarily go away fully sometimes because there's, you, you know, Mm -hmm. you're, if you're a parent to multiple children, like my mom had to manage six kids, like that's still a lot. And if you can just give your permission to have that space and trust yourself a little bit more and take away what's unnecessary where you can, I think it'll help a lot. Mm -mm. I'm getting this strong sense of intentionality, awareness, um, and honoring those things that really speak to you. I love that. Just going back to that. Hell yes. Like, I I feel like I'm going to tell my kids that. Say heck yes. Yeah. I I should say heck yes. I guess I coach them like, what's a hell yes to you? Anyhow. Yeah. It's so, it's so powerful though. I think to experience it for yourself and for your kids to witness it. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. This conversation with Liz was such a hell yeah for me. I've gotten better over the years at understanding myself and working through things, but I have to actively manage my schedule and talk myself through what I'm feeling. It's definitely a practice, and I'll be taking Liz's tips to heart. Here are my key takeaways. Number one, overwhelm for moms comes from allowing ourselves to be defined by labels and carrying all the external expectations that come along with those. Number two, to work through that sense of overwhelm, start with self-trust. Self-trust is knowing innately what's best for you that also allows you to show up the best way you can for others. Self-abandonment is when you know what's best for you, but you choose not to do it. If you repeatedly act out of alignment with your inner voice, you'll stop hearing it and you'll lose sight of how to stay balanced and whole. Number three, practice asking yourself, Is this a hell yes or a hell no? Start with what you know to be true, notice how it feels in your body, and then notice when you feel that way about other things. Use these feelings to guide your choices. Number four, if you set a boundary and step away from something that's making you feel overwhelmed, own it. Leave that meeting or event confidently. Just know that you deserve to do what's right for you. Number five, Use your calendar as a tool to help you prioritize yourself. Look for where you can add time for you and put yourself first. And then where can you strip down? Also, schedule time for planned nothingness. Empty space on your calendar is something to be embraced. You can live hard, but you have to rest hard as well. And number six, experiment with what works for you. What works for you and your family doesn't have to make sense to anyone else. By standing up for what you know works best for you and your family, you make it okay for your kids to do the same. To learn more about Liz, you can visit her website, lizpasarin.com. That's Liz, P-E-S-S-A-R-A-N.com. Or follow her at Liz Pisarin on Instagram. She's also on Facebook at Liz Pisarin Life Coaching. These links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We're all making choices with our time, and I'm humbled that you're spending time with me. If you're on Instagram, follow at NoBeRaiseThem for quotes and reminders to keep you grounded, informed, and inspired. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe and share it with a friend and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. I appreciate and applaud you for listening. And here's to strong women 
May we know them, may we be them, and may we raise them.